Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. Welcome into the show. It's the Tuesday edition Scoops with Danny Mac and postseason baseball is upon us. Can't believe we got here, but we are here. The Cardinals and the Padres tomorrow. We'll talk it over with Mark Sweeney, the former St. Louis Cardinal, working on the broadcast for the San Diego Padres. Always love getting uh, your insight as well at 65780. That is the Air Comfort Service text line. And let's dive into this postseason. Mark Sweeney will talk a little bit about the Padres and we'll break down their offense and really what uh, is happening with their pitching and will the Cardinals see their two best. So we'll get into that. A couple of playoff thoughts. Um, these teams haven't seen each other, haven't seen each other since last year. Fernando Tatis has turned into an MVP candidate. As Randy mentioned, they flipped over their roster uh, they've done a lot with their catching. They've done a lot with their pitching. They've acquired Trevor Rosenthal, who has been outstanding at the back end of their games. And the only teams that uh, have seen each other in this type of playoff format, by the way, Tampa Bay, number one seed against the number eight seed Toronto. And I do think that is going to factor into what we see in playoff baseball in 2020. Do the Padres have their rotation, specifically Clevenger, Lamette, are they healthy? Apparently, they had an aggressive throw yesterday at Petco Park. So how do they come out of that late last night? We'll find out more today. I like how the Cardinals rotation sets up. I really do. KK has been one of the best in the league. He has earned the game one start. Normal day's rest. They haven't seen him ever. And there is something to that. When you have so much video and you're relying on video in the game, they're going to get that, no doubt, but they don't have video on their own guys. That's something to keep in mind. Wayno, he's got to get a start. You can't save him for game number three. He's got to get a game one or a game two start. He's earned it. Might be the MVP of the St. Louis Cardinals in 2020. He's earned that start. And Jack, he's been inconsistent. Could be dominant. Could be, but he's been inconsistent. Now, if you win games one or two, or, you know, you sweep the series. Now he's saved up. Now you go to the next series. He starts game one. And if one of these guys falters, so you're in game number two and you're down, let's say, 0-1 and Wainwright isn't there, bring him out. Get him ready. So I, I like how it's set up. I think the other two guys have earned the games one and two starts. I like what Mike Schilt is doing here. Two days off for the Cardinals. This is going to feel like a week off. So they're going to recharge the batteries right now. You know, it's a breather for Mike Schilt and his club. They had 53 games in 44 days. Yeah, I mean, we've actually, you know, we've been in playoff mode um, since we came out of that quarantine. And I think everybody's in it to some degree this year, right, with it being a sprint situation. But, you know, we knew if we didn't come out of that and um, and play well, you know, we were going to have a already uphill battle that was going to get really a lot steeper. So we've been in, in competition grind, get it done mode, you know, for pretty much the last you know six weeks so nothing changes there the group's um mentally physically tough you know where it's healthy as i guess anybody of course dakota you know, we lost him unfortunately um do a tommy john surgery he actually had right. this morning and it went well but yeah we're ready to go and, um you know we'll we'll just take as it comes and you know we'll we'll compete and figure it out way to win too let's go back to wayno for a moment it was in san diego i think it was three years ago um he walked off the mound at Petco Park, and I'll be honest, I was doing the game. I thought he was done. 
I thought he was done. He was hitting probably 80, 81 with a fastball. I thought his career was over. I was behind the mic, and I'm so glad I didn't say it, but I almost said you're watching the final time that Adam Wainwright will be in a Cardinals uniform and maybe the final time that you're going to see him pitch in a game. And um, all of a sudden, he reinvented himself. And it's an amazing story. He was uh, pitching and just throwing with Dominic Leone. Dominic Leone, the reliever, had a, an issue with his arm. Wayno had his arm issues, and he found something that clicked. And, and Wayno's such a positive guy. And he said something. He was telling me in a story we we're doing an interview, and he said, Dan, something clicked. And, you know, you kind of take Wayno, not with a grain of salt, but you say, oh, okay, Wayno. He said, no, 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 something clicked. I feel pretty good. Uh huh. No, something clicked. And by God, it did. It's unbelievable. Guy's 39. He's the oldest player in the National League, and he was awesome this year. MVP probably of the St. Louis Cardinals, along with Goldie on the offensive side. And I'll be honest, there's nobody else outside of Kim I really want to watch pitch in a as a starter. If Dakota was healthy, I'd want to watch him. But he has earned this start. Harrison Bader was asked about watching what Wayno and Yachty are doing at their advanced ages and trying to get them one more shot, one more shot at trying to get that championship. There really was no doubt that he was going to come back in my mind. And, and to take you one further, there was no doubt in my mind that he was going to have success on the bounce. When I left the University of Florida, I, I had a, a coach I still keep in touch with on, on a weekly basis. His name was Brad Weitzel. He, he talked about the game of baseball constantly being a game of adjustments and the willingness for pitchers and, and hitters to constantly be willing to adjust either get out or, or to find a way to, to get on base. It's a constant cat and mouse, and he was kind of illustrating that to me. And the one thing that always resonated with me, leaving University of Florida, entering into Pro Bowl, was, was you can't be a dinosaur. And I say that not to, to reference Wayno's age, because he may be getting up there, but he's definitely not a dinosaur, because dinosaurs, the whole point of what he was trying to tell me was dinosaurs couldn't adjust. That was that was the whole little right. illustration he was saying for me. You know, you have to be able to adjust. If you can't adjust, you'll be a dinosaur and you'll become extinct. And watching Wayno pitch, watching Wayno go out there, do his deal, the way he prepares, the way he walks into the ballpark, the way he cheers us on, his whole routine, it's just so obvious how, how he goes about his business. And it's just so intentional watching him do it again for another year. It's just freaking absolutely awesome. There's no doubt about it. Uh, the man has done nothing but but continue to evolve, continue to find a way, survivability, so many things you could throw just that illustrate his ability to adjust and, and to pitch at such a high level. And, and he's pitched some big games for us. Forget about this year and last year, obviously in his entire career. He's just he's just a big game pitcher. He, uh, he's by far one of the best teammates I've ever been around. He's just he's just such a special presence in the clubhouse and on the mound he's going. It's just it's special, man. It really is. And, you know, when you have something to play for, it just means so much more. Um, and, and obviously everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to play well individually and collectively as a team. But when you have guys like Wayno, guys like Yachty, who are just in there every day doing their deal, you know, at their age, they've been doing it for so long. You really want to do it for those guys. So, um, you know, in, in many ways, you can kind of just add them to the list of just guys. You, you just want to have successful. You want to... You kind of almost want to please it because you just have so much respect for, for how they've gone about it for so many years. So, I mean, there's no doubt winners are special on them. It's, it's awesome. Well put by Harrison Bader. So, the question then on the flip side, will the Cardinals hit? They haven't really hit all year. We'll get more into that in just a moment. Will the Padres be healthy? Big question for them. Lament Clevenger dealing with arm issues. Another issue, to an extent, their offense. Hit 219 in the final weeks of the season. Their manager is Jace Tingler. I think what, what I'm most proud of is is, 
the, the year we had and now what we're preparing for. I think we can all agree. We enjoyed being around each other. And now our goal is, is just to fight uh, each pitch for the privilege to play the next day. And that, that, that's what we're, we're looking forward to and uh, just, just fighting to, to stay together as long as we can now. By the way, the national experts, if you aren't paying attention, they aren't giving the Cardinals much of a shot at all. 27 out of the 30 ESPN baseball writers predict the Padres to win the series. 10 out of the 12 MLB.com writers predict the San Diego Padres. Tim Kirchin was a guest of Carriker and Smallman yesterday morning. Look, it's a miracle the Cardinals are in the playoffs. G- given what you just said, and given that there was zero chance in my mind that they would ever play 58 games this year, and they could have easily played 60 with two more today. It's a miracle that no team since 1945 has ever even attempted what the Cardinals had to go through in order to get to this point. And not only did they get through the season, which was a big question at one point, they made the playoffs. So it's a real tribute to everyone in that organization that somehow they pulled it together. Granted, they got some help and a 60-game season really helped, but they made it and they deserve all the credit in the world for that. And they have pretty darn good starting pitching, which uh, gives you a chance in any series, especially a short one. Pretty amazing that the Cardinals have had 13 consecutive uh, winning seasons, and only the Yankees can lay claim to that. Only the Yankees since 2000 have played in more postseason games in the St. Louis Cardinals. It's about 10. Cardinals have not had a rebuild. They haven't gutted this thing. They've continued to try to win, produce a pretty good product. It's been fun to watch. Tim Kirchin talked about that. Well, I'm a big believer in all of that stuff. Some people aren't. I am. And, you know, when you're a St. Louis Cardinal and we're going back a few years and you see Red Shandy's in the clubhouse every day, and Lou Brock shows up here and there, and then Bob Gibson walks in. It sounds corny, but that stuff matters. When Stan Musial used to show up at the ballpark, how can you not look at him? And some of the others I mentioned say, boy, it's, it's tremendous pride playing for this organization. It's arguably the greatest organization in the history of the National League. And I think that stuff matters. I think when it sounds corny, but you put that Cardinal uniform on and the team is way bigger than you are. And Albert Poole is one of the greatest players I've ever seen. But when he left, I, I, what I gathered from St. Louis is we'll figure out how to win because we're the Cardinals. Nobody's bigger than our team. And I think that's what the players feel when they come play for the St. Louis Cardinals. So how does he size up this series, the Padres and the St. Louis Cardinals? I think it comes down to the injuries with the pitching staff for the Padres. If the Nelson Lamette and Mike Clevenger are not able to pitch, or if they do pitch and they're not healthy 100%, I think that changes the equation. Those guys are really good, and they have swing and miss stuff. But if they're not right because of those bicep injuries, then I think that gives the Cardinals more than a real chance to win that series because of the starting pitching the Cardinals have. But I think I know that the Padres are a better team when they're 100% healthy, but they also haven't been in the playoffs for a while. The Cardinals, granted, have been away for a while, but they've got some really tested guys on their team led by the catcher. So I think it's a toss-up series, but I think it comes down to Lamette and Clevenger. Exactly what are they going to get, if anything, out of either one of those guys? Also, it comes down to hitting. Hitting. You know, the Cardinals have not hit this year. 
San Diego, third in slugging percentage in the National League. The Cardinals, 14th. San Diego, fourth in OPS. The Cardinals, 14th. They got a hit. Now, I'm going to say this, and I hope I'm right. These two days off could make a difference. In, in, in particular, my wild card for, and this I'm just going out on a limb, see if I'm right. I'm going to say Paul DeYoung has a little bounce back here. Give him a couple days off. He was run out of gas. He was on fumes here the last couple of days. Now, there's some signs that he was starting to swing the bat a little bit better, but he could be a factor along with Dylan Carlson behind um, Paul Goldschmidt in the middle of that lineup. But in particular, DeYoung, if he can swing the bat a little bit, go on one of those patented tears, it can make a difference. 314, Danny Mack, how could you say that Wayno is more of an MVP than Kim? Kim had a better ERA. The reason I say it is because when you look at the times in which Adam Wainwright pitched and had to step up the importance of his starts of when he won games the first game out of the quarantine he goes five innings and wins you had no idea what was going to happen when you first came out you played uh, in the first five days you had three double headers you had to ca- uh, have somebody give you innings and in, in one of those games and it wound up being the first game he was playing long toss into a net and coming out of the quarantine of uh, being inside a hotel room in Milwaukee. Gave you five innings. Uh, Cleveland came in on a Friday night and destroyed the Cardinals. I mean, destroyed them. Then Saturday, there was the extra inning game in which the Cardinals were still trying to build pitchers up and they went extra innings, lost that game. Team looked dead. And then on Sunday, he gives you a complete game. Complete game on his birthday. They had to have something. He gave you a complete game. Then you went into Wrigley Field, and he almost gave you a complete game in game one of a doubleheader, and the Cardinals were struggling at that time. He went six and a third. So it's the times in which he pitched and gave you innings and gave you wins that the Cardinals needed it the most, and that's why I would give him the edge in that regard. But I'm not taking anything away from Kim. I thought he he was just incredible. Uh, as well and in retrospect uh, probably should have been a starter out of the get-go looking at uh, the matchups again if you don't know who they are and where they're at uh, in San Diego it's Tampa Bay and Toronto the one against the eight Cleveland against New York this is why you got Garrett Cole and paid him a bundle of money against Shane Bieber Bieber's going to get the Cy Young for Cleveland that's the four and the five the three and the six is Minnesota and Houston the two against the seven That's Oakland and Chicago. That should be a fun series. Oakland doesn't get enough notoriety for what they do with their budget. White Sox hit the ball all over the ballpark. That's going to be fun. And those are in Los Angeles. In Arlington, in the National League, it's the one, the Dodgers against the eight, Milwaukee. It's the four against the five. We've talked about it, the Cardinals and the uh, Padres. I think this is what makes this fun in the National League. You got the three... The Chicago Cubs, maybe their final run with that group and that core that won the World Series. The Chicago Cubs against the Miami Marlins, who could be now the beginning of of what could be a special team. Maybe not next year with a full season, 162, but you're starting to see like Sixto Sanchez and some of the others that they got in trades coming together. Mike Hill is their general manager. This team lost 105 games last year. In the midst of it, I don't think we ever lost sight of of where we were at and what we were building. I was 10 feet off of the ground uh, because you can see it. 
and you could see it building and you could see it coming together and and that's what had me excited when 1.0 started that's what had me excited when 2.0 summer camp started and that was really what had me excited when we took the field in philly because we we knew what 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 work had been done you know from from the day that, that, that mr sherman and Derek came through the door you know we had to make tough decisions but it, it was universally known that you know we were gonna we we're gonna make this happen we we're gonna build it the right way we we're gonna do what we needed to do to give ourselves the opportunity to have something sustainable and this season is, is just the start of it that's why we were so excited because we knew what was coming and we do know what's still coming so the marlins are a fantastic story in my opinion everything they went through don mattingly manager of the year cardinals are a fantastic story those games in houston and then the two against the seven that is an intriguing series as well i mean the the braves can mash we'll find out if they can pitch and we know cincinnati can pitch we'll find out if they can get their hitting going to match what's going on with the atlanta braves more of what you want to hear scoops with danny mack in podcast form on 101 espn One of my favorites is the former Cardinal and working out in San Diego covering the Padres. Man, what a hitter this guy was. And that is Mark Sweeney. Sween dog, i got to tell you, it's awesome to hear your voice. I wish we could be in person, but, man, it's great to hear your voice. How are things going? Oh, good, Danny Mack. Uh, always good to hear you. Uh, thank you for the intro. I don't I don't know about real good hitter, but, um, man, did I, I enjoy my time in the St. Louis Cardinals uniform. As you know, that was uh, – the start of uh, my journey, which was was pretty awesome. But I'm excited for this matchup. Um, things have been going well for us. You know it's different, but, uh, man, we're very fortunate to do what we do. How about hell of a hitter? Does that work for you? <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that sounds good. I'm glad my <laughs> mom and dad got to you. I'm telling you, man, you could swing it. Um, now you're, you're covering the Padres, and you, you could make the case – the Padres are the most exciting team in baseball. Could could you say that? Is that a label that sticks with the 2020 Padres? Yeah, you know what, Danny Mac, I, I think it has a lot to do with Tatis Jr. and why it's it, it's been an exciting team. To they are very different. Um, you know, the years past, you know, it's been a struggle with the Padres. They've had some uh, really good players, mostly uh, relief pitchers, and and uh, just good performances. Now you're starting to look up and down the, the roster, and you're talking about the offense first. Um, it, but it has a lot to do with Fernando Tatis Jr., our our prized shortstop that uh, is really captivating baseball. In terms of watching him day in and day out, what what is it about? Because we see the highlights, we see the excitement, we see how good mm-hmm. he is. I, I saw him make his debut, and I, I the play that stood out to me, he threw a ball from, I guess it was deep in the hole at Bush Stadium, and we had a, a gun on it, and it was like 95 miles an hour. And I was like, holy yeah. smokes. And then he's hitting lasers everywhere. You watch him every day. What What is it about this kid that, that stands out for you? You know what? It, it's hard to give uh, you know certain compliments to any part of his game. But he is uh, one of those guys, Danny Mack, that I think uh, does something to win a game every single night. Um, he's a highlight reel um defensively he has cleaned up his game uh, last year was more flash than really um making the normal play uh he has slowed the game down uh defensively more than anything else but everything else is high paced uh this guy could swing a bat he can hit the ball out of the ballpark at any any spot in the ballpark 
Um, he's electric on the base pass. Uh, he does he does everything he can to win a game uh, athletically, but he's also got the energy, which I think is a component that's very difficult to find, especially in this day and age of baseball, um, where you have to do it on your own uh, without the fans, without the excitement. Uh, but man, he, he's just fun to watch. He continues to get better and better. He did have a tough stretch at the end of the year where I think he lost out on the MVP race. Um, but at the beginning of the year, he carried the team until Manny Machado just turned it up a notch. How about Machado? How, how has he been faring here in, in second year now in San Diego? Yeah, he's looked the part in the second year. So the first year, Danny, you, you saw him up. Um, a lot to take on with that big contract. I think that was a struggle for him. Uh, this year, totally different player. Uh, you're getting the defender that uh, is very elite, um, but you're also getting offense where um, he's taken RBIs uh, the other way for singles. He's hit the ball out of the ballpark. He's hit grand slams with with the rest of them because that's really the identity of of what brought this team um, offensively because they started hitting grand slams like it was going out of style four in a row, uh, five and six days. So um, Manny Machado has been the guy that I think we expected last year. This year he settled in and he is, he's been uh, nothing but uh, very, very, very good. How about Hosmer? Uh, is he settled in? I know he had a kind of a rough stretch down down the final couple of weeks. He had the the fracture, but is is he kind of settled in too in San Diego? You know what, Danny? He had a tough year to start. Uh, he had a he had a stomach issue that uh, um, kept him out for a little bit at the beginning of the year. Then he had the fractured finger, as you mentioned. Uh, but Eric Hosmer is that component. I I, re- I relate him to uh, like a Wally Joyner type of player that um, shows up on defense, uh, helps his infielders with uh, picking balls over at first base. But offensively, he's been much better. Uh, the production's there, um, does very well against righties. Lefties at times uh, give him problems, but he's a pro, um, he's a leader, and he's one of those guys that I think a lot of these guys rely on uh, within the clubhouse, which I think is a huge component. There's a St. Louis flavor to an extent with the Padres. One of them, Mark Sweeney, is is Tommy Pham. How is Tommy Pham mm-hmm. fared in, in San Diego? Tommy's uh, uh, struggled with injuries. He had that handmade uh, bone issue, uh, but came back uh, remarkably fast. And we know how Tommy Pham works. You know how uh, the mentality is definitely there. He got a base of at-bats this last week that I think uh, starting to show that um, he, he feels good. He had a home run in San Francisco uh, yesterday, and I mean, two days ago, excuse me, but also did a, um, a really good job in left field. He's starting to play left field. So I think that's a component that adds to uh, the struggle at times, Danny, that they have against left-handed pitching. Uh, that's a right-handed bat that's going to help out. How about Trevor Rosenthal? How has he looked? Wow. I mean, it's, uh, it's a Trevor Rosenthal that I think you guys um, – expected to see after that that world series year where he had 45 saves uh this guy has been nothing but remarkable uh since he came over from the royals um he's a pro this is a guy that um uh, we lost kirby yates at the beginning of the year and that was a struggle uh the bullpen struggled along with that injury and he was the component that just added to it um it's a really good mix they have drew pomerantz uh in front of him they also have uh emilio pagan they have some other options that um uh, the bullpen has been 
probably write it because of the trading deadline. Um, I think uh, AJ Preller and his staff went out there and, uh, and fortified it. And I think Rosenthal is definitely the reason why. You know, Mark, you were in baseball for such a long time, and you you stay in the game number one because you can play, or you have a role, and your role is to come off the bench and hit. But bigger mm-hmm. picture, you were a good guy, and you fit into various teams. Good teams, bad teams, and different teams. And when yeah. you make a lot of trades, sometimes that can work, sometimes it can't. And your team went for broke. Is it worked out to where those guys meshed with the guys that were already there? Yeah, I already told you about Rosenthal and the reason why that's worked because he's just you know fit in. He's a pro. Um, I think he learned it uh, by being in St. Louis um, and, and, quite frankly, knowing that you had to go out there and and uh, and just mesh, take the ball when you have to, and and compete. Um, everyone's going to say Mike Clevenger, even though that uh, injury factor is in front of him. But Mike Clevenger was one of those uh, ads that everyone got excited about because they needed uh, to fortify their their rotation. But I'll tell you this, Danny, and this is the shock of the whole year. Um, they went out and acquired two catchers, uh, Austin Nolan and Jason Castro. Um, and you know how that that is very difficult to do, to get up to speed, know what your pitching staff does, especially with the extended rosters. You have so many pitchers to worry about. And Austin Nola has been the primary guy. Uh, Jason Castro, um, who came over from the Angels, is another guy that's a backup that's a left-handed bat. Uh, but both of them are, are pros pros. They came in and did a fabulous job catching number one and then started uh, offensively contributing as well. So that whole position got changed uh, and changed for the better. And that's kind of a shocking aspect because at the trading deadline, you don't expect them to revamp the whole catching staff, and that's what they did, and it's worked. In terms of not having fans at the ballpark, that's one thing, but it, it looks like because the team has been from the outside looking in, and we haven't had a chance to see the East or the West. We're, we're dealing with the Central. But it just looks like the city of San Diego has embraced this team. I mean, the fans are, are just so excited about the Padres. Is that uh, the right way to look at it? Yeah, and, and you know what? I, I think St. Louis fans understand that they're, they have that certain expectation, right? And, and it should be because it's a, it's a pure baseball town. It's been 14 years, Danny, that the, the Padres have not been in the playoffs. And it really hasn't been close in years past. So these fans are crazed about it. Uh, I think they're looking for that uh, uh, that reason to just get away from the everyday life at times. And the Padres have done that. They're excited. Um, I go back to Fernando Tatis Jr. again. Uh, I'll be walking around town and, and they'll say, man, Tatis is fun to watch. Um, it, it starts with those individual players, as you know. But the team's success is really exciting for this area. I think they're backing them as much as possible. And uh, yes, it is. It's it's a change. Uh, it changes people's lives around here because now they have something to root on and, and uh, not be disappointed at the end of the season. And how's the pitching? I, I know there's a couple of guys banged up, Clevenger being one. So how are they health-wise going into this series? Yeah, I think the big thing is is where is Mike Clevenger, but also Denelson Lamette. Denelson Lamette left his last start in San Francisco uh, a little bit early. Uh, the indications are he is is doing much better. Um, Denelson Lamette has been one of the best pitchers uh, in baseball, and he had three consecutive starts where he had 32 strikeouts uh, combined. So um, this is a guy that has front of the rotation type of stuff. 
Um, Chris Paddock has taken a little step back, but he still has the ability to be a very good pitcher. And as you know, uh, this name, Zach Davies from oh, Milwaukee, yeah. he's, he's a changed pitcher, um, throws a change up at any time, even though he did it before. I just think he's more polished. He has more confidence. Um, uh, this is a guy that won seven games, should have won his eighth his last time, but uh, didn't pitch enough innings. Uh, but he has been a real, real good surprise for the starting rotation. So um, Mike Clevenger, if his injury uh, subsides and he's okay, uh, that gives him a really nice boost to to put on a nice playoff push. I'm just curious. I'll wrap it up with this. From a guy that played in the league a long time, an outsider's perspective, it's one thing like me that's around the Cardinals day in and day out to say what they've done has been remarkable being hit with COVID and to watch a 39-year-old Adam Wainwright doing what he's doing and 38-year-old Yadier yep. Molina doing what he's doing and to get in the playoffs I think has been remarkable. What What's your viewpoint of it when you're watching them from afar? You know what, uh, Danny, I, you know me. I'm, I'm a fan of the game of baseball. Uh, I don't kind of pigeonhole myself into – I know I'm working for the San Diego Padres, but – uh, I always, when I get a chance, get to talk about Yadier Molina and also Adam Wainwright because these are pros, pros, as you know, you cover them. Um, but there's examples in the game of baseball, the way they should be playing the game. And I think both of them are the stories that really step up in my mind of this whole year. Um, these are the guys that really are the glue to two organizations. Um, it's a privilege to be able to watch them play baseball. It's a privilege to see them, uh, in Wainwright's case and reinvent himself, know that he has the stuff and continue to do it. Because I remember us talking about it, uh, Adam Wainwright here in San Diego a couple of years ago, Thought he was done. It almost looked like he was done. Yeah. Um, in that I'll start in San Diego. Yep. It was. And I'll, I'll never forget it because, uh, it hurt to watch that. But now you're starting to say 39 years old. And he has uh, really been remarkable this year. I love those type of stories um, because, you know what, it's within the heart that these guys play the game. Um, I'm just a baseball fan. You know that. Uh, I'm, I'm really amazed at uh, the style, the way they have played it, and the way they've represented the organization in baseball. Always great to catch up. Thanks, Mark. Love it, man. And uh, it should be a fun series. Thanks for having me on. That's Mark Sweeney. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. I always love talking uh, hockey with Alex Ferrari. He does just an incredible job on the Blues Radio Network, and he's in studio. And Alex, um, yesterday I think is just a milestone moment for sports and really for the National Hockey League to get through what they had to get through for two months in Canada. Uh, no COVID positive test, and they award the Stanley Cup. That was a milestone moment. It was an incredible moment to see them award the Stanley Cup. It was, Dan, and I got to be honest, I, I was watching it last night, and it was so funny. I was watching it with my wife, actually, and you know, she has become a a hockey fan over she the has years. To. Yeah, you have to with with me Living doing what with I you, do, you knucklehead. <laughs> but she was watching, and she goes, "This is weird." She's like, "This doesn't feel real," and it really didn't feel real because. I mean, I'm used to seeing fans on the glass banging on them and screaming and the and the players skating around with the cup for everyone, and it was different, but it was a different good kind of thing because 
I got to be honest, Dan, I don't think anybody expected to see what we saw last night, a championship awarded during a pandemic. When this started, we didn't even think it was going to actually happen. They got into the bubble, the 60 plus days of successful tests that went through. And to be able to award that trophy with Gary Bettman on the ice, talking to the players, which I got to admit was strange the way that they did it because it's not normal. But 2020 isn't normal, so it was just so cool to see the first championship awarded in a pandemic, and it gives you hope, Dan, which I'm sure it did for you, that we're going to see success continuing, even with, you know, the NFL, as Tanner just mentioned in the update, and Major League Baseball with what they've gone through, and basketball with successful bubbles. It gives you hope that we're going to see success continuing with pro sports. I thought the thing that really struck me yesterday outside of Pat Maroon, we'll get to that in a moment, but um, Gary Bettman was as genuine as I've ever seen him towards the players. I felt that there was a genuine um, thank you towards him in his message to the players. Like, thank you for doing this. Mm -hmm. I know it's not been easy. I know this has been hard. Thank you for what you've done. And, you know, we're going to award the Stanley Cup, but, man, thanks, guys. Thank you to all the players, wherever you're watching. But thank you for what you've done. It's easy to be genuine. We're not getting booed out of the building, right? <laughs> That's true. I, if they were smart, they would have done a few, like, piped in some booze. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for the sound guy to just put a little booze going yeah. underneath Gary Bettman. Yeah. He honestly was, though, Dan. I mean, I don't know about you. I felt like the guy was going to start tearing up a little bit. Because I did, too. Imagine how much work went into what Gary Bettman went through and his staff once the pandemic hit of immediately in the middle of March going, okay, how do we get this back on the ice? Like, how do we do this? And then shifting last minute from Vegas to Edmonton and Toronto and promising these players everything and the players being, you know, a little skeptical. Yeah. And a little cooped up cabin fever, but it really did feel like Gary Bettman wasn't talking to the Tampa Bay lightning. He was talking to the Dallas stars. He was talking to all 24 teams that sacrificed so much in I saw it this morning on social media, which, of course, is just one of those ugly holes you get trapped into. But somebody said that, oh, well, that, you know, this wasn't an easy trophy or, you know, this was something that everybody could accomplish. It should have an asterisk next to it. And Blake Coleman of the Tampa Bay Lightning responded and said, what are you talking about? 60 plus days with no family locked in a building where you couldn't walk outside and everyone wanting to be home. But you're still going out there on a daily basis, playing almost every other day trying to win a Stanley Cup. So it felt genuine from Gary Bettman because I don't think he thought this was going to be successful. Congratulations to Pat Maroon. Uh, What is next now for Pat Maroon? What do you think? (sighs) A multi-year deal to somebody who's on the cusp of winning a Stanley Cup. I mean, first of all, I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa tries to bring him back. I mean, look, Tampa has been... Really, they've been snake bitten in terms of winning the Stanley Cup, Dan. They've been to the finals. They've been swept in the first round. They've never been able to win it, though. You bring in Pat Maroon, which, look, they brought in a lot of guys. They made trades at the deadline. They brought in Kevin Shattenkirk. There's been upgrades everywhere on that team. But you do have to make a coincidence with Pat Maroon signing there of them winning the Stanley Cup. I'm sure Sets you, up a goal last night. Yeah, sets up a goal. He scored a couple of big game winners. I mean, he was still trash-talking the bench. He's still laying hits. He did everything that he did with the St. Louis Blues on the ice, but it was in the locker room, which I guarantee he was as just as effective. So if I'm Pat Maroon, 
I'm going to free agency saying, okay, what does somebody have? Because think about it, Dan. Vegas couldn't get there. They were a favorite to win a Stanley Cup. Dallas missed out on winning a Stanley Cup. There are so many teams right now that are favorites to win but just couldn't get over that hump that need a guy like Pat Maroon. And if I'm Pat Maroon, I'm going to let people come to me because my career is nowhere near being over for how good he was on the ice last night. And now the next thing for the Blues... Next things for the Blues is is really look, look. Let's be honest. Everyone knows the next thing for the Blues is Alex Petrangelo. But I think if you're Doug Armstrong, you have to reassess the team culture. Look what just happened in the Stanley Cup. The Dallas Stars, who were a what inches away from going to the Western Conference Final last year, has pretty much the same roster than what they did, other than a couple of additions of a Joe Pavelski and a Corey Perry. Um, and then the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have made upgrades. They were very aggressive. Now, look, they have a lot of guys that have been built through the drafts that were effective that came up and just kind of took advantage, which the Blues need guys like Kyrou and Blay to do. But they also were very aggressive. Julian Brisebois was very aggressive in the offseason in terms of bringing in a guy like Kevin Shattenkirk, who was bought out, you know, signing Zach Bogosian, who was bought out by his team in the middle of the season, and then adding at the trade deadline. So if I'm Doug Armstrong, the next thing for the Blues is, how do I make my team better than what it is now? And I think it starts with Alex Petrangelo, but I think there are other names out there that can upgrade this team. Great stuff. Thanks. Danny, thanks, buddy. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Time now for the crossover. Brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Center's newest store. Number 41 in Eureka is now open. I just asked Ribs if we fought because I watched Napoleon Dynamite last night. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. When they, when they, you, you've seen the scene, right? I have right? seen it, yes. Yeah. Just how much, how long would I last? Well, you know, like I said, I like you, Dan. Thanks, buddy. So it would probably be like, I, I'd let you have your shot, no, you know? Hit me. Hit me. Give me a little whack. Let you, hit me. Wrestle you a little bit. Let you feel like Twister <laughs> did that one time in practice. I guess said, Twister, let's go, you know, some bigger guys. So you, you, did you ask to fight him or? I did. I did. Why? Uh, well, I wanted to see, first of all, just what it felt like. What it felt like. And okay. There are other guys in the league that had done okay Stupid things. against him. Okay. Like, not beat him, but okay. Yeah. So I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I'm in that weight category. You know, maybe that's where I fit in. Well, ri- fighting Twister was like riding a bull. Yeah. I swear to God, if you could hang on for eight seconds, it was a full ride, and that was a victory. Yeah. I had jersey burn from one ear hole to the other behind my <laughs> neck. I think I had whiplash for two weeks. It was incredible. I couldn't believe it. So then when I watched him fight guys, and I watched him pull guys like off their skates forward, and then just clock him with you know the, yeah. the fist that was like started under the arch and made its way over to the yeah. the Enterprise Center. Now I knew why they just crumbled. I did a feature on Twister fighting Dennis Bonvi. Oh gosh, yes. And Dennis had kind of the long hair, <laughs> so we put it in slow motion to classical music. <laughs> it was unbelievable. <laughs> exactly how you described it. Had him with the sweater. Yeah. And then the haymaker back here, and it was unbelievable. I don't know how he survived. Dennis Bonvi played against me in junior hockey, and we had our moments. He played for North Bay. I played for Sudbury. And he got called up to the Chicago Blackhawks, and he skated over to me in warm-up. I thought, okay, it's go time with Dennis. Like, here we go, right? He goes, Revs, I want you to tell Twister that if he could please fight me. 
I gave the double take, maybe even a triple take. And I went, what are you, are you thinking? Are you kidding me? Right. He's like, he's like, the only way I can stick around here is, is if I get a shot at him. I'm like, all right. So I skated over to Twister and just kind of said, hey, look, Bonvi said he wants a shot tonight. Twister skated over and he says, all right, kid, up. And then that was it. Went in the locker room and then he asked me a little bit about Bonvi. You know, what's his story? He didn't want to get caught off guard. I say, he's a tough kid from Nova Scotia and he throws. He'll go with you, you know. Little did I know he was going to be literally on a bull ride for about a minute and a half. <laughs> he killed him. That's craziness. <laughs> All right. What do you got coming up on the show? We got a lot of stuff. We got JR, obviously our hockey insider from The Athletic. Should be fun to discuss Pat Maroon, Tampa Bay Lightning. Some of that stuff is Great always story. good. Congrats to the big rig, by the way. Uh, we got Derek Johnson from uh, Kansas City, former Kansas City Chiefs linebacker, I believe. And he's going to be over here to pet uh, BK's ego after the big win last night. Oh, yeah. We got Derek Gould, our buddy. Okay. Derek Gould, talking Cardinals. And Brian Kenny from MLB Network. MLB Network, yeah. Should be Good. fun. We'll All find right. out what's going on. Looking forward to it. Ribs BK coming up next on 101 ESPN. You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, Scoops with Danny Mack on 101 ESPN.